Now at 7.43, are we at risk of trying to make our children too safe? Certainly there are concerns for the way people are being raised in the US, prompting the popular book The Coddling of the American Mind. And as part of our new autumn season special, Greg Lukianoff, attorney and co-author of The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure to give its full title. He's also the president of the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education and joins us on the line. Thank you for joining us then. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. So why would you suggest young people these days are somehow more fragile? Well, one thing I want to be very clear about is that they're not more fragile. They're not born more fragile. Um, that essentially young people are anti-fragile. They need stressors. They need, um, uh, and they need to believe also that they, in, in their own anti-fragility, in their own robustness. And unfortunately, I fear that a generation of helicopter parenting, um, uh, some new norms about play, have affected a, the younger generation to cause them to believe that they're more fragile than they actually are. And it's having a devastating effect on mental health. How far back in history do you go as a comparison? Thousands of years ago? I mean, genetically, I guess we're more or less the same as the uh, the babies that would have been born in, in situations where child mortality was very high, but those who did survive would yes. have been able to perform all sorts of feats in a very rugged world. <laughs> well, you know, we, we talk about what we call problems of progress in the book. If you, if you get to have a situation in which you're obsessed, you're over-obsessed with the safety of your child, that's actually overall a good thing. I'm actually very, you know, if I had to choose a time to raise my own two ch- children, I'm glad I live in 2018. But um, one of the things we're talking about in the book is just the idea that if you uh, pave the road too much for your kids, you can leave them with a sense that they're incompetent, that they're not capable, that they're not able to run their own lives. And we, we mostly focus on the kind of kids who are going to elite colleges, who you hear this from you know, administrators all the time, that they show up, even though they're incredibly accomplished, with this, sense, with this lack of a sense of control and autonomy over their own lives. So I guess there are different kinds of threats that will worry parents. There will be the, the, the immediate dangers of being outside of the home on their own uh, with the horror stories in the media from abductions to even school shootings. And then on the uh, sort of wider sense, it would be the fears for their future through education and, and that kind of thing. What um, does your research or your experience tell you in terms of the, the wisest way to approach those different kinds of threats? Well, definitely you always have to be concerned about physical safety, but you also have to have a sense of perspective about where we are in 2018, even in the U.S. Uh, by every measure, and that includes uh, homicide, by every measure, uh, kids are safer today than pretty much any time in, in American history, whether it's accidental deaths, whether it's, whether it's homicide. And there are really terrifying and, uh, and utterly tragic stories in the news, but it's still uh, a much more uh, safe time to be alive and raising kids in the U.S. than it was, say, in the 1980s, for example, which sometimes gets treated as if it was some kind of uh, halcyon period. Uh, where we really do kids a disfavor is by treating them as, as if uh, any emotional difficulties has to be managed by a third party. Um, because if you don't really let kids actually, uh, if, if you don't leave them alone sometimes to actually figure out things between between themselves, they they lack the uh, they, they don't learn the basic 
uh, art of association, as de Tocqueville called it, um, that is so necessary both for maturity, adulthood, but also, for that matter, for living in democracy. The the thing is, a lot of parents, if, if you do get through to them through this book, it might already feel like it's too late. Uh, they, they might already have a 10-year-old, sure. a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, who they've been... Mm-hmm coddling to use the title of the book for years already can you reverse some of that or or can you i mean we we often hear things like toughen up is that the the vocabulary we should be trying to use no i don't i don't think so and actually to be uh, one one thing that's funny is we fought the title to the nail we're not uh, and we're, we're very clear in the book that we what we mean by coddling is the negative side of overprotection, that some of these things that we do to help our kids might actually be harming them. But one of the solutions we talk about in the book, for example, is gap year, um, something that uh, uh, Britain has had, uh, had as a cultural institution for a long time. And we believe that what you have to do is give kids experiences that can give them the confidence that they can live and function without their parents uh, managing every aspect of their life before they go to college. Because my preferred title for the book was Disempowered, um, because what I think we're doing to these you know, incredibly bright, incredibly uh, interesting kids is sending them the message that they can't handle this stuff on their own. And if you were instead to say, for example, have a, have a situation in which people were expected to go to some other part of the country or go to South Korea and, and work and sort of uh, handle their own lives for a year, I think you'd end up with much lower levels of depression and anxiety than we currently see. Is there a danger that problems exacerbated in in families with one child? Something that we know very well about here in this country with our very low birth rate. Uh, you know, it's something that uh, John, the, the co-author, and I talk about a lot, and and it's not in the book, but uh, we we both think that having uh, larger investments in smaller numbers of kids it leads kind of naturally to people obsessing a little bit more over, over that one kid. Whereas, you know, I was the youngest of four. And the joke among, you know, my friends was, uh, Josh has to be home by one, John has to call home by midnight, and Greg has to be home by Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, seriously, as as a father of multiple children myself, I think as you go through, you, you definitely become more relaxed. So would an ideal mm-hmm. scenario be for parents to have the mindset that they often have for a third or a fourth child <laughs> with all their children? <laughs> I think so. Some some kind of happy medium in there, um, and and it, and what, what we're saying is, for a long time, it seemed like there was never any downside to to, to however much you sort of concerned yourself with uh, both emotional and physical safety. But now we're seeing that there almost certainly is, and 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 it plays a real toll on on mental health. Yeah. What about this idea of um, actually getting? students to be exposed to uncomfortable ideas so that they're better able to handle some of the big debates and and critical questions the world's facing right now. Oh, well, that's essential. Um, And the focus of most of my career has been in higher education. And I do think it's a real uh, problem that we've uh, reinterpreted safety to mean on campuses, to mean something like feeling emotionally undisturbed. And, and unfortunately or fortunately, um, ev- almost every serious issue that you have to talk about, you have to learn about, is going to be at some level emotionally difficult. But what we have to do is not shy away from that. We have to teach stu- students at a relatively early age, listen, if, if are these discussions aren't making you uncomfortable, if they're not challenging your beliefs, then we're probably not doing them right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 
it's a difficult truth to swallow for some of us, uh, but it's also an age of President Trump, which seems to touch on everything around the world, including, of course, in the US. And he's openly said... Which makes everything cor- more intense. Yeah, well, he said political correctedness is killing our country. And yeah. I, it, 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 we, we talk about how polarization makes things worse, and definitely things have spiraled up a lot since it's gotten even more intense since we first started writing the book. <laughs> yeah, but but that ties into this conversation based on mm-hmm. handling uncomfortable ideas, doesn't it? And it's not necessarily helpful with the polarization that kids are, are seeing, not just among those who are raising them, but when they turn on the the news uh, or if they turn on any kind of social media. Yeah, well, t- social media comes up for two different reasons in the book. Uh, one is that there's very strong evidence that the depression, anxiety, and unfortunately the, the spike in suicide rates, particularly affecting young girls, um, which has actually doubled, about doubled since 2007, which is horrifying. There's a, there's a correlation between that and the amount of social media use for, for, for younger women. Also, uh, um, social media makes polarization worse. One of the ways I think we end up in a, in a situation as polarized with Trump is that social media pats you on the back for having a thick echo chamber. And unfortunately, if you spend some time on Facebook and Twitter, the two tribes are absolutely vitriolic and it seems to get worse by the day. Right. Um, is there anything else the book offers in terms of advice to parents for trying to track this middle ground, the balance that you just described before? I'd imagine it's tremendously difficult, especially as parents have their own views as well. Absolutely. Well, one thing is, of course, take you know take mental health very seriously. And if and if you're dealing with situations in which you know someone is actually harmed themselves, you know get or call for help. Um, but at the same time. Don't be the person who's actually modeling cognitive distortions. We talk about this in length in the book. Uh, we borrow from cognitive behavioral therapy. And if you have an anxious child, ask yourself, are you catastrophizing? Are you, uh, are you engaged in good, good versus evil binary thinking? Are you, just, uh, are, are you actually contributing to a, an environment that can actually make them feel more disempowered and more anxious? Yeah, interesting point. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message. If anyone listening now wants to get involved in this conversation, whether you have a child, whether you want to have a child, or whether perhaps you've decided not to have a child because you're worried about the world <laughs> that you'd be bringing that child up in. I, th- I guess there are people listening in all of those categories, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd like to finish perhaps with you, Mr. Uh, Lukianov, by by addressing how the world itself is getting tougher. We're seeing around us these extreme exhibitions of global warming and reports are coming out in the news all the time of of how the world in the coming decades is going to perhaps be a very harsh place to live in. And that that could make make it even uh, more challenging in, in a sense for anybody who's trying to protect their children. Well, absolutely. And people ask sometimes, you know, like, is the message as simple as, uh, you know, uh, toughen up? And that's not, uh, and that's not really what we're saying. What we're saying is none of these problems benefit from having extremely anxious, extremely depressed children. We're going to need people who actually uh, can think about, think, think through uh, the various topics, even, you know, solutions that might seem heretical to them, go and, and actually have constructive arguments in order to help the, uh, help the world and help the planet and help themselves. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Greg Lukianov, co-author of The Coddling of the American Mind, not the title that you yourself chose. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> all of that and uh, hopefully inspiring a few new readers as well. My pleasure.